Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, so you know what we do on Mondays. It's Mondays with McCool, James McCool, Pay Dirt DFS, the co-author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Uh, we had Super Bowl yesterday. Did people do well in the Super Bowl? Did they get their, their bonus money from the sports books or whatever, props and promos and everything? Uh, I see you guys in the chat. Feel free to give me that thumbs up. Type in whatever you want there. James, as, as, the, as the old school people will show you, James, to all the nerds out there, the team that ran the ball more won. Yeah, I mean, he they they absolutely made sure to hit the twenty five rushing attempts that you have to have to win the game. Right, it doesn't it, matter that they they only gain about a yard and a half per per carry. No, no, no. I mean, everybody was was clowning on Sean McVay, who I have never said a bad thing about in my life. I have never called him a fraud once ever. Not especially not yesterday. Everybody was clowning on him for for his uh his rushing acres up the middle on first and 10 and on second and five and once on third and one in the fourth quarter while trailing everybody's clowning on him but he knew he was counting them up he said all right there's 10 there's 16 there's 19 we're getting there as soon as he hit 25 he was like all right cooper cup time let's uh let's finish right, now now we'll remember right we it's all a setup it's all the setup. We forget about Cooper Cup for three quarters, right? Lull you into a, set, a false sense of security, and then it's Cup time, right? And then th- that that's it. And then the Bengals, on the other hand, uh, when when the game is on the line, the person that you want with the ball, not T. Higgins, not Jamar Chase, not Joe Mixon, even, but Samaji Pirine, right? Trying to gain a yard outside of field goal range. With less than 40 seconds left. Like, I the first that, down, like the first down matters. I saw that rushing play, and I I think I had an aneurysm. Like, I, I, I didn't know how to handle them with a rushing attempt for the first down with less than a minute left. I, I, I didn't know how to handle that. It, it was like, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor had pitched a pretty good game. He no, no, was- early in the he had a third and 19 draw play. So, like, no, we can't, we have to, we, have to, can't, we can throw him under the bus. All he, he did some dumb stuff, but I think he had a better, I think he did a better job play calling than Sean McVay, without doubt. Like, I, I think he did a lot better. Uh, granted, that game should not have been close. If OBJ is still in the game, it's a blowout. If T. Higgins doesn't get if away the with the Rams, it, just don't run the ball, the game's a blowout. If T. Higgins doesn't get away with a face mask, a clear face mask that turned his head on that 70 yard touchdown. It like, it's a blowout. I mean, there's, there's so many things that it's just like that game, the better team absolutely won, but give credit where it's due. Zach Taylor pitched pretty good game. Sean McVay probably coached. Maybe that was maybe the worst run game plan that I've seen in uh, a long time. Um, But it was, that the better team won, and I do think that it was an exciting game, and I do think that it it was good, and uh, th- there were just so many things that were kind of head-scratchers. And at the end, with, like, the Rams' final attempt to score, where it's like, okay, here's a pass interference, here's a holding call, here's a holding call, here's 
a helmet to helmet that like basically knocked Cooper cup unconscious on the first touchdown that he scored. And all of it was just like, I wish that they wouldn't have had that amount of flags and like that amount of well, how, how else are they going to rig the game? No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, come on. We all, we all know that because they're going to, they're going to rig the game to make sure that the Rams win, but don't cover. Hold on. Do you think the GPP bros had anything to do with that? Uh, the GPP bros? What? I mean, did the GPP bros have cup? Well, a couple of them did. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously he was in the winning lineup. Maybe that, the, but he was chalky, 52%. I think the GPP bros, uh, you know, they somehow got the memo on Bryson Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the GPP bros actually, they, struck a deal with not only the refs, but with Sean McVay to hold Kendall Blanton out of the game so that it could be Bryce Hopkins season. No, but, but the GPP bros went way under on the, on the Rams running backs. So Sean McVay, like, like he tried, Sean McVay tried to screw the GPP bros. He had to make it. Cam Akers. He had to try. He had to try to make it look like he wasn't working with GPP. Oh, he had to make it look like he wasn't working with them. Okay, yeah. I, have to, I have to get all these conspiracy theories. Bryce, you go into Bryce Facebook Hopkins. groups, into Reddit, or whatever. There's always, yeah, always have to yeah. get the thing. The things aligned. I don't know. I don't know who's working for who. I don't know if this is the, coming down from the end, the league office or something. I mean, uh, the Bengals are probably in on in on it because obviously, if you if you rostered Jamar Chase yesterday, it's like. Like, obviously, obviously that was a conspiracy against him, right? Well, like, think think about what it would take for GPP bros to really get paid out yesterday. And the only way that they truly get paid out yesterday is if some 1% owned, 2% owned person ends up doing really well. That's why Bryce Hopkins was the prize. That's why they worked with Sean McVay on him. It didn't, Cam Akers didn't matter. Jamar Chase didn't matter. It was the 2% on Bryce Hopkins. Uh, did the GPP bros that had Higgins a captain, were they conspiring with the referee? That's what I said. That's why I said. Or, or are they conspiring with Jalen Ramsey or maybe Jalen Ramsey, you know, purposely? No, no, that was, that was the ref. It made it look good. They had to make it look like the not plausible deniability. Absolutely. Because he's supposed important. to be the best. Because, because obviously the, the, the wide receiver cornerback folks, like you can't throw to Jalen Rand. It's impossible. You never in the history of DFS, you'd never play a wide receiver that's being covered by Jalen Ramsey ever. It or doesn't matter when you see that cornerback matchup. That means you. That means it doesn't matter what the projection. It doesn't matter what their price is. It could be. It could be Jerry Rice in his prime mm-hmm. at minimum price. No, he's going to see Jalen Ramsey coverage. You, you can't. You can't play him. So you think. You think maybe. Maybe Ramsey's like you know. Like, I don't want to look bad, right? but I have to give you this 80 yard touchdown. So why don't you kind of like tug on my face mask? Cause the refs probably aren't going to call it anyway. And then, then I'll fall down and then you'll get it. And then, and then, and then we'll all split. We'll all split the, the 160,000 chop. Like everyone in the game conspired, like everyone, all the people on the rosters, right? Cause there's like 50, 53 man rosters and the coaching staffs and the referees and the league office, all the people that know, you have to bribe some people that know also. So yeah. we've got a couple of hundred people just to split a $160,000 chop yeah. in DraftKings DFS contest. Because it's not like it's not like the Super Bowl. You know, it's not like you make much money for 
like playing in the Super Bowl or anything. No, not really. No, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. What, what you really get for the GPP bros to rig this whole thing up, what they really got was a screenshot. So that they can show that they are truly GPP bros. That's all. Oh, so they're not getting the money. They're just getting a screen. It's not about the money. George. It's not. Well, it's, it's about, about right click saving, right? Never been about the money. It's right. It's, it's about, about it's about it's about the are they going to turn it into an NFT? Absolutely. It's, a, it's all about being non fungible. Yeah. Yeah. But their tokens will be funged. That's that is the issue. Oh, we have someone in the chat. Well, we have we have someone in the chat, James. 12 pack abs in the chat. Is is making confession. This this may this may rock Twitter today. This may rock. I we have the scoop, guys. Twelve pack abs has colluded with seven hundred and fifty four others to take down the Yahoo Baller yesterday. He's part of the cabal. There's seven hundred and fifty three people out there that we don't know about. That's part of this cabal. But twelve pack abs, we found we we got him. Bold of you to come out and just say that, right? Just bold of you you to come out, right? That, that, the, the, to be fair, the Yahoo lineup was kind of brain dead obvious. Like, <laughs> I, I saw, like, I think Dean was part. I think Dean is part of the cabal. Well, we've known that, right? You've known that. I think Dean posted that he did. Well, it was like six hundred and sixty-two dollars. Like, it was stupid. <laughs> the The most duped lineup uh, I saw was duplicated three thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight times. Oh my god! On DraftKings. Which means if you would have, if that would have won, if that was the nuts, the winners all would have gotten a little less than a thousand dollars. I think, depending on, I don't know what the other paid, like all the way down the payout curve, but it, it comes out to like nine hundred and something dollars. So that once you entered that lineup, you you were in contention for a million. You're in contention for your best case scenario is to win nine hundred bucks on your whatever. $15 entry or whatever the hell it was. That's why you and I always talk so in depth about having unique lineups in showdown and in any GPP individually. I mean, anything where it comes down to these like very black and white, like you're either going to make a lot of money or you're going to dupe with thousands of other people, like always side with the making a lot of money. Your EV is just destroyed. If you make less than a thousand bucks last night. Yeah, I mean, take did. a look. Okay, we had in the, in the drafting contest, uh, Cal Spears, by the way, Rotogrange's founder, part part of the the GPP Pro conspiracy theory that took down the the first the, the first ten spots. Possibly the leader. Probably, possibly the leader. Yeah, well, you're right. Well, we wouldn't say that on this show, obviously. No, no, no. we're on Rotogrinders. We have to that's keep why, that on the down. Possibly, that's why I said right. Possibly. Yeah. Cal, I mean, I mean. They they sold they I mean they sold their 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 interest and they sold to Better Collective. Now Better Collective owns uh, Roto Grinders and the Action Network and everything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like they 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 have they have enough pull they have enough pull to ring an entire Super Bowl game so that Cal Spears could could get one hundred sixty thousand dollars split even though he's worth uh, nine figures I guess a hundred million dollars but he got got to win got to got to win got to win the showdown contest from DraftKings. Uh, but uh, that was tied, what, 10 ways. And then there was another uh, train of train, if you want to call it a train, of it looks like 22 others below it. And then then there's like five or six others. Yeah, okay, here we can see 10 with this lineup. And there's the winning, there's the nut lineup. Uh, Higgins, Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Boyd, Hopkins, Then, uh, which spent 49,000. So left 1,000 on the table. Then underneath that, uh, 21 
copies of this lineup. Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Higgins, Rams defense, Bryce Hopkins. Uh, that's 21 times, left 1,000 on the table. Then we have a lineup that was used five times, 47-2, leaving 2,800 on the table. So obviously, if this would have won, then it would have been a much, you know, you would have made, what, like 250000 or something with this mm-hmm. lineup if it would have won. And it's the same lineup, but with Coppock, Captain, and not Higgins, and Henderson in the lineup, uh, still with Bryson Hopkins in it. And then underneath here, we got an 82 lineup train, okay? Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Higgins, McPherson, Hopkins. And then we got a 308 lineup train. And this is only in the, in the look, the difference between this lineup and the top lineup is a point and a half. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins, captain, but this has Burrow, Boyd, Hopkins, Stafford, Cup. Uses all 50,000. That's why it's duped 308 times, right? This one used 49.6. Underneath there, there's a three, leaving 3,000 on the table. Higgins, captain, Cup, Stafford, Mixon, Rams, defense, Bryce, and Hopkins. Then we got Sassine who has the sole 440th place lineup that still was only 1.8 points behind first. And that left 2,400 on the table with Higgins, a captain, Cup, Stafford, Mixon, McPherson, Hopkins. So like to me, the most plus EV lineup out of this entire bunch is that line. Yeah, absolutely. Right. This lineup and then this lineup that's only duplicated by three people. Right. And then maybe this lineup that's duplicated by five people like those, those, those were the, and then you got the one that won because it was still only duplicated by 10. If, yeah. if I was, if I was making 150 lineups or something into this, which I didn't, uh, my goal would have been 10 or less. Yes. Yeah. That's what so, I'm so, so, so the win, the win, right. So the winning lineup, uh, I think is perfectly fine. Right. But I would have, I would have avoided the plague like lineups that duplicated 308 times. I did not play yesterday um, because I just didn't play yesterday. I didn't um, feel like I just died. It got, it got to the end and I just didn't feel like it. I was just so tired. Um, I, I played have, MMA the night before. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with DFS for today. I would have, I would have faded chase. That was like one of the things that I, that I told people to do or play T Higgins, which is good. I'd play Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford. Good, good. Um, I would I would have played OBJ and Brandon. He got injured. I mean, that you can't you can't predict that. He got a touchdown. No. He was on his way to a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Was, yeah, he was doing great. Um, and I, I would have played OBJ and Kendall Blanton. Uh, yeah, Bland didn't do I literally Bland was uh, sat the second half. I he mean, got injured. I think he had a shoulder injury or something. Yeah. Got. Yeah, he got injured. So I, I, you know, just looking back at these things, like I don't think that there's any chance that I could have built the winning lineup with the way that I wanted to build because I know I would have used OBJ because the way that I wanted to go about things was a Rams onslaught. I want to do a 5-1 almost. I, I wanted to do like 5-1 with Higgins or I wanted to do like a 4-2 with with Higgins and Tyler Boyd. That that was a, that was a thought that I had. I, I would have liked Boyd as well. But um, I, I wouldn't have gotten to to Hopkins. I, I wouldn't. I would not have gotten on Hopkins at all. We looked at some exposure. We bring up these exposures. Do we have any? Okay, it's loading slow. It's coming in. Let's see, Bryson Hopkins. Where where was he? Going through. Let's see. Oh, this also splits it up by captain. Okay, hold on. 
points to captain. Let's see, Bryson Hopkins. No, no. But I mean, for the for the most part, I mean, we take a look here. Scroll Patrol at eight percent. Hopkins for I mean, just smattered in. I don't know who didn't play. I mean, some of these guys didn't even play, so it shows zero percent. It's also loading really slow. Only because it's a very large contest. There's like nine million entries into it. Of course, it's loading slow. Right. But it seems like most of the GPP bros that we uh, that we study on a daily basis, uh, they didn't get they didn't get the memo. They're not part of the cabal. I mean, unless you're trying to hide it. I mean, when you're only playing like eight percent. Bryson Hopkins, it's like, you know, if it was like 100%, like that'd be way too obvious, right? And even if it was like 20%, that would be like, someone knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At 8%, you're still 400x the field in ownership. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Right, that, that's, that's, enough, that's enough for a conspiracy theory, right? That is, absolutely. You can't make it obvious, Jordan. You can't make it obvious. That's one of the, the main cardinal rules of being in the cabal is making it so people don't know that you're actually part of the cabal. Uh, but you know, either, what you do, James, it's either you make it, you can't make it obvious, or you have to make it so obvious that no one would be that stupid to make it that obvious. Absolutely. Like Chipotle yeah. addict and Papa Gates, <laughs> like they're brothers, and they use a very uh, the same projection models. Like it's like it's so obvious that they'll have very similar lineups. So when they have very similar lineups, like no one says anything. Yeah, people are like, oh, that it can't be that obvious. Like they right, it can't be that, that obvious, obvious, right? Of course not. Yep. And yet here we it's are. One of the two, right? Those two are like you have you ever seen like a kung fu movie where like the the emperor, like the super bad guy, he has like defenders of his lair. And it's always these two twins that just like fight together and were born together and were raised to just fight that way. That's the Napoleon bros. They're just like they're they're part of the cabal. They're like the twins that hold like two different the same spear, but they're different colors, and like they do crazy flips and stuff. Is that, one good and one evil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One one has a good conscious, one has a bad conscious, but they're constantly at war with those consciences because they're the same person. So you can't tell on a given slate. You can't tell which one is good or evil. They flip back yeah. and forth. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the good one would would never. Whenever they duplicate lineups, that means the good one has prevailed. Whenever they don't duplicate lineups, that means the evil one is prevail. If you want to look at it, you can consider the Chipotle bros as a representation of the duality of man. Really? <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get philosophical on this one. Let's let's just go straight down that rabbit hole. Uh, Derek Key in the chat says, uh, my salary range was 49,000 to 50,000. I was five and a half from first. Being five and a half points from first, you might as well have been at 17 trillion miles away from first. I mean, it also, showed up. Also, I think uh, 49 to 50 was that, that you shouldn't have done that. That I mean, like on a, on a slate like this, on a showdown like this, where you have to compete with 470,000 people and we have such a condensed ownership pool. So... We knew that Cooper Cup was going to be massively owned. We knew that Matthew Stafford was going to be massively owned. We knew that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, like these guys are all going to be massively owned, right? So when you're putting together lineups with such condensed ownership on specific players, if you spend your entire salary cap, it's very, very, very hard to be unique with your lineup. It's very, very hard to be duped less than like 50, 60, 100 times or whatever. Um, 
just because of the way that people use optimizers and there's so many optimizers in the in the industry nowadays and the pricing was actually pretty good for the Super Bowl. It, it was not super tight. So you did actually have to end up making some decisions if you were spending 49 to 50, whereas if you were fading one of Chase or fading Cup or fading Burrow or, you know, whatever, one of these like super high end guys, then you're going to come in under the salary cap because it's hard to spend all of it. So um, when it comes to showdown, it's not a hard and fast rule that you can't spend your entire salary cap. Of course, of course you can if there's a unique way to do it. But um, you really have to, if you're going to spend that much, which I, I don't think you should have on this slate specifically, on this showdown slate specifically, but if you were going to do that, you would have had to work really, really hard to make sure that you were getting super weird with like the sixth or fifth and sixth pieces of your lineup or fading super high on players or like something. It, it just, it, it was the, the path of most resistance, I think, to spend the the 49K plus of the salary cap on this showdown site. I mean, even if you, if you had that 308 train, like the max, the, the, you, if you would have won for, if that was the nuts, you would have weighed like $8,000. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, but I don't mind $8,000. It's like, yeah, but it's a, it's a million to first contest. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make a lineup that could only win $8,000, I can make a lineup that could win a million. I can make a lineup that win 500,000. So it's like, that's that, that I hate when people talk like that. It's like, like, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't mind you know, like with, with a bet, like, Oh, Oh, there's a, there, I'm going to make a parlay, you know, eight leg parlay that, that gives, that has a 45% hold. It's like, yeah, but I don't mind putting down $1 to win 200. Yeah, but you should be winning 800 like that. The, this is the, that's the you're describing the exact way that the more and more you, you do that. So for every time that you win, you can actually lose way more money than, than you do uh, over, over the over the course of time. So it's like, well, I don't mind eight thousand dollars. Do you? Do you yeah, know? but you shouldn't be paying, being getting, getting paid eight thousand dollars. You shouldn't be getting paid one hundred thousand plus for your fifteen dollar line. You know, Daniel Hutchins in the in the FanDuel. I don't know what 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 one on FanDuel. He said he managed to grab one of the oh 150 winning FanDuel lines. So so nerdy tenor. He's part of the cabal, I guess. He's part of the GPP bros on on oh, FanDuel. Of course he is. So what one on Fan? What, what what was a cup? Was the cup captain lineups on FanDuel one or yeah, did, it was? Hold on, somebody won in in my Discord too. Right. Well, yeah, I've read you. Okay, so you you have people in the cabal in your Discord. Well, of course I do. What do you think my Discord is? Right. Yeah, I know we have cabal people, right? All, all the um, all, all the colluders, right? How else do you? How else do three hundred eighty eight people win on Yahoo without them all colluding with each other? Of course. Oh, actually, he didn't take down the main one. I lied. He took down the okay. third uh, and his lineup was Cup, Stafford, Jefferson, Mixon, Boyd. So, well, Jefferson can't wouldn't have possibly no, no, been that, that wouldn't have been. That would have been tough. It had to have been something like Cup, Stafford, Higgins, Hopkins. Maybe not Hopkins because it's so soft over there. I don't know. We we need somebody to to tell us what the uh, what the winner was on FanDuel because I, I don't know because I don't play over on that site. So it's the worst. Someone posted in okay in the live stream chat, which we don't use. So. Cup, Hopkins, Higgins, Mixon, Stafford. Hopkins? 
Uh, is that the only way? I guess that was a salary thing. That yeah. that's why he ends up. Yeah, eleven thousand two hundred. Yeah, okay. So Hopkins was in the FanDuel winning lineup also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Cup captain. Okay. I mean, he was the most obvious captain. I mean, like to me, if, if anything, I, I would have been building lineups that didn't have Cup and captain and left some money on the table. Because what was the cap? The captain ownership for Cup. If we, I can't filter, but what's the point of filtering by team? There's only two teams. So Cup would have been, what, 20, 23, 2? So where, where's Cup captains? Where, where do I find that? I typically don't use, I've, I've never used contest dashboard for showdown. What was the size of that contest? 470,000? Yeah. Okay, Cooper Cup captain, 22% owned in the captain spot. 22% Cooper Cup captain, 10% Stafford captain, 9% Higgins captain, 9% Oda OBJ captain, 8.9% Burrow captain. Yeah, avoiding a 22% owned captain. Yeah, that, that would that would have been my. But he got there at the end. I mean, I would have been fine until like the last play of the game. The last drive of the game. Yeah. It's like, yay, yay, a 52% owned flex, 22% owned Captain Cooper Cup is not going to be in the optimal lineup. I have a shot. And then boom. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. So if you. No, never mind. I did this for me. Daniel no. Hutchins says, I mean, when your contest has 792,858 entries in it and it only dupes 150 times, it still gets you 2,000 times your entry, which is great. But it's still, you have to admit that it's still negative EV. Mm, right i don't know that's not it's not as plus ev i'm trying to do the formula right now i was trying to do the formula i, I still that's does your does that lineup have a better than uh 2001 chance of, of winning that would that i mean essentially that would be the that would be the yeah that's what i'm trying to and it would have to run that you would have to run that. so that's what you have to do it in your sims in your algorithm your fancy system the nerd, nerdy tech, run, how, what is the probability of that lineup winning? Yeah. 2,000 to one may not be good enough odds. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Uh, that, that's the point that I'm making. That that specific lineup, what is the probability based on whatever projections and everything that you ran all your lineups through, that that exact lineup, like how much, how, what percentage of the time does that lineup is the, is the nuts? And then you run, and then whatever that probability is, if it's worth a two thousand to one payoff, then then it's plus EV. That that's really what it comes down to. Like I don't mind the duplicate. I, like it's not like oh, you have to be unique at all costs. Like on the MMA slate this uh, on on Saturday, I played one hundred and fifty lineups. I only had twenty four units, but I had one hundred and one hundred and seven under five dupes, and that's all I'm looking like. Like if I could get under fives, that's fine with me. And especially on the slate that on MMA. This past Saturday, it was a pay-per-view card, 14 fights, and there there were tons of very heavy favorites, like all these 9K fighters and everything. So it's like it was hard. Underdogs were, were projected not to do very well, which means you're more likely going to see lineups that don't leave 3,000 on the table winning, right? You're not going to see a four underdog lineup winning the GPPs. It's going to be... Mostly at most two underdogs, which means that these lineups are going to be more likely to be duped. 
right? Even with 14 fights. So like, I didn't mind. A lot of times I set my, my salary indicator down low where I don't mind leaving 3000 on the table. And this past MMA slate, I cut it off at 49K. I said, I don't mind mixing in underdogs. Just there's, enough, there's enough combinations that I can make that are under five dupes that I'll take that for a, what, 150K to first type of, type of thing. Yeah, fine. Give, give me, give me 50,000, give me, you know, 30,000, 30 to 50,000. I'm fine with that. But rather than make unique lineups that give me four underdogs, five under, you know, no one in the nine K range. Cause I just thought the, the probability of that being the winning lineup isn't worth even the, the, the unique payout uh, for, for that slate. That, that's, that's the main reason in MMA. I prefer the large cards where the highest favorite is only minus 200. Mm-hmm. Like when that then, cause then people treat like the 92, $9,300 fighters who are like minus 195 and minus 200 as like, Oh, they're the locks. It's right. like, no, no, no. On a pay-per-view card where the, the where the $9,500 female was uh, minus 410. And then the, the next fighter is minus 400. And then the next fighter is minus 325. And then the next one is minus 285. It's like, like these guys have so much likelihood of scoring 100, 100 120 points. And there's like five of them that two are going to be successful and then you're going to need that yeah. type of thing. But on slates where the, the fights are very cl- much closer, I don't mind. Like I'll leave 3000 on the table. No problem on those types of stories. Even if I'm going to be duplicated more, but I just want to be duplicated under five. That's it. I'm just looking under five. And I'm for the, like I said, for this type of contest uh, on DraftKings, like under 10, under 20, maybe. But really, the question comes down down to uh, even with one lineup, and if it's duplicated, you know, fifteen, and you get fifteen thousand, right? Like that's a thousand to one. Does that does that lineup have a better than point oh 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 one chance that specific lineup of coming in first? Yeah. It could be. I don't know. I'm not saying that it is or it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to figure out unless you have a lineup, obviously. Um, and talking about MMA, by the by the way, it happened again, James. It happened again, James. Someone that 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 has been learning MMA from me <laughs> came in first with a, a, a two dupe lineup, hundred five thousand. <laughs> He DM'd me over the weekend and said, he's only been playing for six months. And he's listened to all my stuff and watched all the shows and started playing MMA since the slate that I won 100 play plus. And, uh, and yeah, so he won $105,000 and I didn't. You're killing the edge, dude. No, well, it's not like, uh, I wouldn't mind splitting with him. I'm not, I'm just not even having those. I didn't even make, I didn't even get that line. <laughs> right and then jamie won last week and he won solo so i'm, I'm teaching people how to make, make unique lineups that i don't end up making also <laughs> right yeah well i mean you're you're killing the edge because now these uh these people who don't know how to play it are, are learning how to play it and, and that's your fault so the but reason you don't have to learn anything. Just winning to... that hundred thousand dollars is because you've taught other people how to do it maybe maybe james Maybe what I'm secretly doing out in the open and telling you about, 
uh, I'm making my own cabal. Well, I think you're on you mute. What okay. would you call it? Uh, the Cooper cabal. <laughs> alliteration. What? I got to use alliteration or something. You absolutely do. Yeah, for sure. Right? The Cooper cabal. Do we call it the cabal? The Cooper cabal, cabal collusion chat. Right, the, the, the triple C, the 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 C triple C. There's too much going on here. The collusion, Cooper collusion cabal. Yeah, the Cooper collusion cabal for sure. No, the problem with the problem. See, see the, the internal structure of my cabal is is not is not really good because like I'm not getting any of the profit from any of the other cabal members. Like that isn't that the f- fundamental of collusion of like like we're all in this together, so we split the money, and I I haven't gotten my cut yet. Yeah, the no one's gotten their cut. Absolutely. The idea is to make sure that you uh, you get your cut, but um, you're not getting your cut right now. So what are you even? Why are you doing it? No, I no, Technically, no, what, what? Technically, technically, me and you have already gotten our cut, probably. Yeah, we probably got our cut. You're right. Yeah, we got. We no, we didn't really get a cut. We got like more of a finder's thing. <laughs> exactly. Not really a cut. We didn't get a cut of any any prizes or anything. But these two people probably likelihood. Bought the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player, right? As all the chapters, how to beat any any sport with daily fantasy game theory over time. Obviously, you're not going to win every slate. Uh, has a whole bunch of chapters, 15 hours. Me and James. If you like this show, I mean, it's you could watch 500 hours of the two years plus worth of this pregame show. Or get all the contents condensed into one little seminar-like format mm-hmm. by getting uh, the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Theoryofdfs.com. And that's these two people, Fred, that, that's... So we got a little got a little nibble, right? So they won $100,000, and we got we got, a, we got 125 of it. That, that we get to split, yeah. That would, that would, that, yeah, and PayPal takes a little piece out of it also. Yeah, and we also have to pay taxes. And so then taxes so we, on... We each get about like forty dollars, but that's close to a hundred thousand dollars if you think about money in terms of. Uh, the, well, in terms of terms of time, yeah. I mean, like, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't think we're running the cabal very well. <laughs> do we got we got to charge more for this then? Yeah, we do. This is the entry into the cabal. <laughs> and Piercy's in the chat misspelling the cabal. He's spelling it the. Uh, He's spelling it the capital of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Kabul. Kabul. <laughs> Kabul is C-A-B-A-L. Kabul. Trying to, to build out a quick expected value formula here for a tournament so that we can express and like really show how far down you lose value on your ticket when you are able to split. Right. But it takes a little bit of time to build a full EV calculator for a GPP. <laughs> so uh, Daniel Hutchins is running a, a FanDuel sim based on the, the the lineups or whatever. Okay. And the, the nouns, yeah, cabal is K C A B A L. Uh, synonyms are click faction, coterie, group, set, band, party, camp, gang, ring, cell, sect, caucus, league, confederacy, junta. Pressure group, pressure group, push, junto, Camarilla. What are we doing here? What's a coterie? What the hell does that mean? Where's that from? That's middle German and French. 
small group of people with shared interests or tastes, especially one that is exclusive of other people. No, we want that secret, a secret political clicker faction, the cabal. So yeah, the cabal seems right. A pressure group? A group that tries to influence public policy. We don't care about public policy. No, absolutely not. Other than the fact that we could we could all make the we could all make the same lineup and duplicate 700 million times for massive negative EV and still get called colluders. <laughs> Don't you love to see that? I, when, 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 when several people have to say, oh, they have the same in GPP. Oh, that look at these six people, they're colluding. Like, great. Yeah, they're colluding to get le- the, less, less money. Right. It, it still blows the opposite, you're proving the opposite of that. It still blows my mind that people like think that way. And I wish that people would stop thinking that way because yeah, but that, that we make the money off the people that think that way. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, but right? well, people that think that way are typically bad DFS players. I am also in the business of trying to make people better DFS players. Don't make those people better. Well, I, I don't want them in the cabal. I don't want them in. I need to make some people better. As it's long just, as they pay the finder's fee. Let them pay for the theory of DFS. That's fine. That, that's your entry point. Don't teach them otherwise. Oh, it's just annoying. It's annoying to, to have people who, like, can't just can't focus on, on the fact that when, when you are colluding, the point of colluding is to make it so that everybody that is together in the collusion can end up having a better outcome. So if that is the definition of collusion for this, right? Like, think about that. If anybody who believes in, in the same lineup is colluding, think about this for me. If colluding is to make it so that the outcomes for everyone involved are better, why would colluding mean that people would want to be paid less? Yeah, but that's the problem. The people that, that think that's collusion don't understand expected value. So they think that six people sharing the top six spots in a GPP is them trying to hoard all the money. And not the fact that oh, that from an expected value standpoint, they're more likely to win more money by playing six different lineups. Right. Right. That's But that's the point. So how do you explain to someone that doesn't understand expected value? You can't. They just look like, ah, it's all the same people. Right. Ah, it's all the same people with all the 78% owned NBA players and the chalkiest lineup imaginable. Right. Right. They all must be in a secret chat. And we're talking about GPPs here. Right. We're not even talking about like cash game double ups head to heads. That's even what that's just like. How, how come everyone uh, there's 700 people out on an NBA slate. Right. And it's like, why, why does everyone have the same lineup? And like, why, why is. 78 people out of 100 have the same lineup. Right. But yeah, because like, did you not get that lineup? If you didn't get that lineup for like a 50-50 or something, you might as well retire from DFS. Right? Like you could like, I, well, how is it possible? There's eight slots. It, like, like, dude, well, you're obviously playing this guy because he's 3,200 and he projects for 17 trillion today. Right? And then this other guy's 3,800. And he, you know what he projects for? 900 billion. Right? And then, and then you have this guy at center who's going to play 800 minutes and he's minimum price. And so it's like, okay, you got to play that. And then it's like, okay, now you have the money. Who's the three most expensive players on the slate? Well, you can play them because they had the most raw points, right? Giannis, Yuluka, whatever. You th- th- how did you not get that? There you go. Like, how did you, like, how, how do you not get that? Even without projections, how do you not get that? 
The 11 billion dollar, the 11 billion projected guys are in the. Uh, oh, I, I can't believe they. How did they know that thirty two hundred dollar whatever G League or whatever was going to put up forty six points? It's like because that team only had like seven players active, and he was going to play seven hundred minutes. Right? He was just going to play everything. Right? Like, how do you how do you not know that? I and and it comes down to this this thought that like. I, I just think that people like that just don't subscribe to enough info, right? Like if you listen to anybody who has any projection system worth their salt, they'll be able to tell you likely what the, what the computers, I'm not going to trust the computer to tell me who to play James. Ugh. I know, I know basketball. I know you do. What I computer? I don't let, I'm not going to let a computer tell me what to play. What, how does the computer know about Jimmy Butler's defense? So annoying. Uh, Daniel says that uh, his sim, he ran the F, the Fandle sim, that the winning Fandle lineup was actually under-owned at 150 dupes. Okay. Based on his sim. I mean, but, uh, he's, re- he's readily to admit that. He's readily to admit that. Yeah, who knows? That doesn't necessarily mean anything. But In a contest that size, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, also, remember, the Fandle uh, GPP is like twice as big as the DraftKings one. Right, it's twice like as big. Seven hundred and fifty thousand entries or something, and it's easier to build. You should never play showdown on Fanduel. Right. Also, and also the entry fee is, is lower. Yeah, all all of those things. It doesn't surprise right. me that one hundred and fifty is underwhelmed. Right. <clears throat> and then Daniel says well, it's even simpler. The our collusion cabal. Why collude when you could just enter the same lineup twice? Did you see that? You see the soul. You see that, James. You see the cabals made of one, right? People that enter 150 of the same lineup, right? Those trains. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like Snowpiercer. You just take the trains. Just take the trains, dude. Right. It's just they use the trains and they don't need they don't need 149 other people. Of course not. They're cabal. They'll do it all themselves. Ugh. So do you, do you think the MLB season is going to happen? What? Are you excited for MLB? Do you think the MLB season is going to happen? I don't think it'll start on time, no. You don't think so? so. No. I mean, should, this, shouldn't pitchers and catchers be reporting this week? Yeah, I think it's at the end of the week. Right. They, they ain't reporting. They, they ain't open. That sucks, man. I, I do really want the baseball season to start on time. I mean, of course I do. You and I both, we, we love baseball, so it doesn't. No, no, it's I, I, no, I, I think that's, a, look, I don't love baseball. just I prefer it to the NBA. Okay, sure, sure. I I love baseball. I really like building models for baseball. Oh, but I don't build my. I, I I like being able to build lineups at 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 six thirty seven o'clock at night and then not have to really worry about it right. the rest of the night. Yeah, right. That that that's what I like. Like I don't I don't mind the Mariners. Oh, Mitch Hanniger's out, and I got to swap someone mm-hmm. now or uh, every once in a while. Right. I don't. Okay, I'll deal with that. But do I want a late season NBA? Versus MLB in April, I'll 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 take baseball. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. It, it's like uh, I I just I want baseball. Stuff. I I like baseball because I like the way that it gets built out. And actually, that's hockey is is a lot like it. I I have really enjoyed building models for hockey. I've really enjoyed um, setting things up and doing kind of different things. And I, it actually gave me a couple ideas for MLB as well built out uh, some like GPP upside projections the other day, which is a lot of fun. Um, normalized against six goals scored. So I'm going to try something like that for baseball too, but 
Um, just I, I'm just tired of I mean NBA aside from light swap stuff because I had Javante Green in my lineup two nights ago and he got ruled out after lock and I was in, I was busy doing something. But uh, outside of light swap things, like it's just so much more enjoyable, I think, for me to build for baseball because it makes more sense. I feel like I have more control over building a good or a bad lineup. I, I was talking to a to a coaching client the other day about that and how baseball and hockey and League of Legends stuff like that. Like when you build a lineup for any of those correlation based sports, and you can look at it and you can say this is a good lineup. I think it's easier to identify good lineups in correlation based sports rather than NBA. Right, right, right. You're you're not you're not you're not excited tonight for a Quentin Grimes chalk night. No, absolutely never. No, is Quentin Grimes three K Patty Mills? When Patty Mills is chalk, you got to play, right? Well, no, not lately. Lately, it's been Cam Thomas that you should play. But it, it's like for for me, I don't know if it's the same for you. But when I look at an NBA lineup, I can tell a good I can tell a good lineup from a bad lineup in NBA. But for me, it's sometimes hard for me to see a great. NBA lineup from a good NBA lineup. I think this. Uh, no, I would, I would, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's, I think it's very easy to make good NBA lineups. Yeah, I, I and, think, and the difference between a good one and a great bad. one, I don't think there's that dramatic of a difference. But there's so many ways that you have to agree with me on this, James. Mm-hmm. There are there are way more ways to make bad NBA lineups than make bad MLB lineups. Sure. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I think well, that, okay. Uh, as long as you're within the construct, okay. Let, let me put it differently. For GPP, obviously, we're right. talking about GPPs. In MLB, take take out like the one-off lineups. Like it's very easy to make a bad line, but MLB by just playing like just all one-offs, right? Yeah. Okay. Take that aside. So let's say it. Like I, I've, I've told people in, in even in our Discord that. If you're new to MLB and you're like, like, ah, uh, I'm still learning how to play, said, if you just built five, three lineups on DraftKings, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're fine. Well, when do I do five, two, one, five, one? You could do five, one, one, what you could, but if you're building five man stacks on DraftKings, like I, no matter what you do, like I, I'll consider those lineups to be competitive. So if you just want to build five, if you, I'm going to take two teams, put five on one, three on the other, and pick two pitchers that fit in with salary. I could, to me, that's a competitive lineup. On, on, on basketball, you you can pick lineups that are like 40 points too low projected, like easily by yeah. saying I'm going to fade this guy, I'm going to fade this chalk guy, I'm going to play that guy, and then next thing you know, you're you're 32 points projected lower. And your ownership, and like, and your ownership is like forty-two percent total, and it's like, like you don't need like this is, this is stupid. Even but I'm like large field, it's still stupid. It's like you don't you don't need, don't. Why are you giving up so much for Jack? You're giving up essentially an entire slot in your lineup to the rest of the field, like. And but in baseball, you can almost you can even get away with that because the the range of outcomes for players is just so wide, mm-hmm. and it's so easy for anyone to just get a zero. So it's like if you're like I'm going to combine the pirates with the tigers and play the the over the the the, the overpriced pitcher and whatever and, like, and that lineup could win. Like I can look at that lineup and go low percentage outcome but at least like if these two teams do well you win. Right? Even though both stacks are 1% owned. Like if, like it's not out of the question for 
Pirates to put up 12 and the Tigers to put up 15. And you're sitting there with a lineup that looks hella contrarian. And it's like, well, you, you won. But in, bas- in basketball, you, you basketball, it's very hard. Have you ever seen in basketball a lineup on a, on a normal size slate where the highest, like in baseball, you can make a lineup that the highest owned player in your lineup is only 5% of. Like you can't make that lineup. In baseball, yeah. And, and and I would look at it and go, contrarian, but if these two teams do well, yeah. you win. But yeah. in basketball, if you play a lineup where your highest owned player is 5%, I can't even see that to even be a good – when is that ever a competitive one? Right. Like it's almost impossible for – you're going to be projected so low that you need a miracle to, to make up all those points and then on top of it beat out all the other lineups. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean by – in MLB, I think it's much it's much easier to build competitive lineups. In NBA, in NBA, it's easier to build competitive lineups also, but the differences between lineups are very minimal. But it's very easy to build a bad lineup at NBA if you just like I'm just gonna I'm gonna fade all the chalky players, right? I'm gonna play all the I'm gonna fade all the players that have you know five plus expected fantasy points over salary, and then just hope to make it up elsewhere. Like you're probably not gonna win. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I agree with that. I do think that um no, I, I agree with that. You you know. It it's just hard, I think, especially in NBA when you're when you're trying to identify where you went wrong. A lot of the time you probably didn't go wrong. And and I talk about that a lot when it comes to uh like the other like last month or so. So the models have been running really, really well over at the site for like the last week and a half. And it's mostly because like the COVID stuff is done. So now we have actual samples. We have actual like teams. We have actual baselines to utilize rather than just all G leaguers, which was stupid. But like a a month ago or whatever, when we had teams, entire teams that were just completely decimated by COVID, there were no less, I think on one slate, there was like 55 players that were plus EV. So like 55. Right, and you can make any combination of many of them, right. You, you can do whatever you want. There is literally no wrong answer. And that kind of stuff, that doesn't happen in MLB. Like, if you if you build an MLB slate, I, I think that you have to have an understanding and, like, a general understanding of correlation and upside and stuff like that to build good lineups. And NBA, man, it's just – it's been a really hard season, I think, to really break down if you're playing well or not. Uh, comparing playing well versus, like – what your results are. Right. Cause that's what I'd like. I, I, when I, I've been playing NBA for the past, what, two weeks uh, since, since football, the regular seed, whatever ended. Uh, and I look through and I'm like, my lineups are good. Like I'm comparing lineups to around the, the sharper players, the winning lineups. It's like you're, I'm, I'm a one V one or two V two away from the nuts. Yeah. Right. Like in every, like I got all, I got a landmine one in every lineup, but it's like, well, I still played a bunch of this guy, and that 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 was good. I played a bunch like it, it's easy to fill out like half your lineup, mm-hmm. and it just comes down to the variance of the other half. And then, so I'm looking at my lineups, going, "Is there anything I would have done differently?" Yeah. Other than I wish I would have had this comp. Like I look in my I, I look in my fifty lineups, and I go, "There was a chance that I had that winning lineup. It just it didn't get to get like, well, mm-hmm. I didn't have this guy and this guy together in that lineup and." You know, I came, I come in sixty fourth and not first, or I come in 
you know, 22nd and not in the top five or something. And the only difference is like a difference of like nine points and it's a stud and a different thing. Like, well, I played Luca and this guy and that guy played Giannis and the other guy. And that was a 22 point difference. Right. Like, well, I could have just made that line of balls. Yeah. It's hard. So I, I finished this little EV calculator. Okay. Um, I put it together. It's not perfect because I built it in 33 minutes, but uh, I put it together for the, uh, the micro millions opener tonight for NBA. Right. $4 opener. I'm going to, I'm playing 150 entries because I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's going to be beautiful. Okay. So uh, from the start, your lineup is worth $3 and 28 cents. And expected with the rate. Right. Yep. And that is with a hundred thousand up top. Now, this, assuming that you are just a very average player, that you have the same chance as everybody else. Okay, right? so all equally skilled players, right? All equally skilled, equally players. skilled lineups, yep. all equal probability lines. Yep, you have a three dollar and twenty eight cent expected value of your four dollar entry here. Right. If I say instead of a hundred thousand up top, and if I really wanted to do this, if I had more time to do this, but I wanted to finish on the show. I would make it so that I would calculate out the uh, the winnings if you were duped for all the payouts, but we're just right. going to say for the top, okay? Right. If you take it from 100,000 and you're duped enough to where you are only making 20,000, your ticket drops to $2.61 in expected value already. I mean, you've already cut 40 cents. You, you've already reduced- you cut, you cut a third of your, you cut third of your value. Yeah. And that's that is if you win twenty thousand dollars. That is right. Nine dupes, I think, off the top of my head, something like nine. So if you get duped nine times in this contest, you've already killed thirty three percent of your EV. If this drops down to ten thousand dollars, you're at down two fifty three. And remember, this is because like if I were to do this for all of the different payouts. So if you go from ten thousand, the next one, I guess you'd probably split split twenty five hundred down to like a thousand down to 500 it we're we're just doing the top payouts here right if you just split down from where it's a four-figure payout up so for places 10th and up if you just drop those down and cut those down to a tenth of their value which would be if you were splitting say like 14 ways or something like that you are now at a $2.15 expected value for your ticket. So your the value of your ticket already after rake was only $3.28. If you were to split this down to where you're duped 14 or 15 times, you have cut the expected value of your ticket completely in half. Right. Completely in half. And well, how about if you do it even more than that? Okay, so yeah, let's let's do it even more than that. So let's cut a hundred ways. If you want to split it a hundred ways, that is likely going to be something like like a two thousand dollar pay. Two thousand dollars to first. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna do that to the first ten spots again. It's gonna be hilarious. Down to two dollars. You're down to two dollars on your four dollar ticket. All right. So half your half your value. Yep. So I mean, like, it. Don't dupe yourself. Just don't dupe yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this back up to top, and then we're we're gonna we're gonna play around with this a little bit. What are you playing around with? 
I'm making it so that I can make it very I'm sorry, this is what I do. Just just deal with it for a second. Okay, so if we were to cut this down now to where you have like 200 dupes. Okay, yep. So now we're only getting a thousand the first. You're down below two dollars. You're a dollar ninety-eight cents. So like right. okay. see, obviously it's gonna be lower, right? You can just see that like it just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And it just it shows that already you're behind the eight ball, man. You've already got a ticket that's not under expected value of what you're paying for it. So you need to make sure that if you are you need to make sure to win, then that's that's what they'll tell you. You need to make well, sure that if you're gonna dupe 150 times, make sure you, you make sure you win. <laughs> just just don't build a lineup that gets duped 150 times, <laughs> especially if you're an average player. And that's something that we don't even really talk about that much. But if you are an average player, one, you probably don't know or care about this. Right. The, easy, the easiest way to gain expected value in these types of contests is building unique lines or building yeah. more. That there have to be unique, be lo lower duped lines. Yeah. Yep. Because it just, it kills your upside, man. It just absolutely decimates it, especially if you're an average player where you are building lineups that have the same chance of winning as, as everybody else, you absolutely need to be building unique lineups so that you can win the entire thing. This applies more to showdown than it does like the $4 contest tonight, but it's still, it's 118,000 entries in that $4. Night. You, you might be duped. If, if there's like good chalk, you're, you're in trouble of being duped. So just make sure that you're being unique on it. Don't play just the chalk, chalk, chalk when you enter GPPs. And you could you could find out this and a lot of other game theory concepts in the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. Me and James. It's like a seminar format. It's like going to a seminar for two days. And we teach you all the game theory concepts of playing daily fantasy sports, any sport. Mm -hmm. So uh, go pick that up. Theoryofdfs.com. James, you're a pay dirt underscore DFS on Twitter. I am, and I'm also over at paydirtdfs.com. Uh, NFL season is done, but that does not mean that the train stops rolling. Still have projections for all of the esports that you could possibly need. I have projections for NBA every night. I also do a recap every single day of the projections that I run so that you guys can see that uh, the projections are good and that they're, they're accurate. And um, It's like a little daily newspaper for your cabal. It is. Yeah, exactly. So the cabal can see that they've bought into something that uh, that is really going to cheat the system for them. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I post that in the Discord and on Twitter. So be on the lookout for that and uh, just get ready for baseball season. I'm, re I'm really excited for baseball season. Right. You could always join our cabal at Roto-Grinders. Roto-Grinders.com slash premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Uh, we have an NBA slate tonight. I'll give you those thumbs ups on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Got Grinders Live later today. Crunch time for premium members for the NBA slate. And I will see you tomorrow reviewing that slate and answering your DFS strategy questions, as always, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.